Good evening everyone and welcome to our live broadcast. It's kind of impressive how many buttons I have to push to get this up and going on the computer. We're in a very complicated setup here. So I can never remember if I got all of them right. Missed something. And I probably complain about it. In a way of automating that process. Well, maybe there would be. Um, it wouldn't probably be worth it. Some of it's in Firefox, some of it's on the command line, some of it's in another app. Probably I should have a little sticky note with a checklist. Like I have to put in the title of the video, I have to start, I have to tell the web, our website that we've started broadcasting, I have to start the audio feed, to start the video feed. Anyway. Not complaining really, it's just uh, I need a checklist. Okay, so today we're looking at Anguttara Nikaya Book of Fives, Sutta 2.16. The Dutya Kanti Sutta, the second sutta on someone who is impatient. Why didn't I pick the first one? I don't know. Well, let's look at them both. Right, we'll look at 2.15 and 2.16 because there's some good things. But the, reason, the, the real reason I chose this is because I wanted to talk about patience. The, uh, I think we're... we're well, the, the, these two suttas talk about the dangers of being impatient. It's useful to know, but I just wanted to talk in general about patience first, at least. Um, patience is a virtue. We hear a lot about patience. When you think about patience, no one says, you don't ever hear anyone say, Man, that person is too patient for me. I can't be around them. Or, oh, I hate that guy. He's so he's so patient, right? You don't find it criticized. That's what I mean. It's universally acclaimed. I would say patience is. Uh, it's it's not often recognized, right? We don't uh, hold it up as a cardinal virtue perhaps often enough. I would say uh, it deserves more attention and more appreciation. But it's a curious one as well. Because I'm not even sure if patience exists. I can't remember whether it's one of the wholesome jadasikas or not. might be. But uh, patience is a curious word. What do we mean by being patient? There are many ways to appear patient, but how do you how do you def how do you describe or how do you determine whether someone is actually being patient and what does it mean? What is the essence of patience? Because it's 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 possible to repress your impatience, right? If you're waiting for something waiting for your alarm your meditation timer to, to ring. 
you can you can uh, suppress that and force yourself to sit but we tend to tend to agree well that's not very patient that's a person who's impatient but forcing them to themselves to uh, to to bear with their impatience like a kid who's restless and sitting and saying are we there yet are we there yet you wouldn't call them patient so we talk about waiting patiently and then we obviously then have waiting impatiently so what it means to wait patiently it seems is uh, to be free from that angst that agitation that desire for something to occur or for something to cease and so it appears that what we call patience is actually just another word for freedom from defilement, really, or enlightenment. And so here we have a really good word to, to describe directly what it means to be enlightened. An enlightened person is patient. A person who is patient, it's a, if they're truly patient, it's a sign that they're on their way to enlightenment. <coughs> Although maybe that's going a little too far. It's a sign that they are uh, able to create mind states that are free from defilement. Because you can do this with samatha meditation. People who practice samatha meditation or meditation outside the Buddhist teaching can be quite patient. People who have cultivated, strat cultivated strategies to uh, minimize their impatience. But it's the same thing as saying people have cultivated strategies to minimize their defilements. As it appears that that which makes us impatient is, uh, is the greed and anger and delusion. Basically what we're talking about here is someone who acts out of turn, right? The qualities of an impatient person is that they act at inappropriate times. So a patient person will not react when an impatient person will. In, in conversation, people who interrupt other people, right, they do sometimes because they're impatient. Um, when, when, of course, you're forced to wait, wait in line or wait uh, at the airport, when you're forced to bear with unpleasant situations or long uh, drawn out events you're forced to sit still stand, stand still when you're forced to listen to someone droning on and on when you're forced to bear with heat and cold the impatient person will react to all of this they will react if you have the patient person and the impatient person. The impatient person will react first. And they will react to to in a way so as to change their situation. The Buddha said that patience kanti paramangtapotitika. Patience is the greatest form of torture. Maybe not torture, but asceticism or uh, tapa means heat 
but it was a word that was used for self-mortification or discipline. Maybe discipline is the right word. Patience is the highest form of discipline. Right, we have all these other ways of forcing ourselves or tricking ourselves into bearing with unpleasantness, but nothing surpasses true patience. And this is, I think, really what you feel directly when you meditate. Maybe this is one of the, for all those people out there looking for the benefits of meditation and who find themselves uh, in having a hard time figuring out the, be the actual benefits of meditation. I think you can see this quite clearly and quite quickly is the patience that which you were unable to bear previously you're now able to bear I think the problem is we when we look at benefits of meditation we're, we're often looking in the wrong place or expecting the wrong things and we miss what we really get out of meditation <coughs> I think patience is one of the big ones right, we're looking for wisdom and by wisdom we think it's some kind of profound thought or insight into reality. I mean, it is quite profound, but perhaps not in the way we think. I mean, patience itself is quite profound. Think of the profound difference between a person who is uh, un unable to unable to bear with or be comfortable with a given situation and a person who is. Found difference. A person who is unable to sleep at night and a person who is able to sleep soundly no matter what happens to them. People who are quick to anger and people who are not quick to anger, who are, who are unshakable. People who are addicted and chasing after pleasures and those who are at peace and, and content with their lives a difference so this is what you should see in the meditation quite quickly I would think um, and certainly as you get better at it patience is the clear benefit of the practice so when you feel pain and you say to yourself pain pain suddenly the pain's not a problem your reactions disappear loud noises kind of surprised amazed thinking back at how they used to bother you heat and cold amazed by how patient you can be with heat and cold if you just say to yourself hot, hot or cold, cold how, how much more patient you are with other people how much more patient you are with your work how work is no longer arduous it's no longer torturous it's just walking, standing, sitting, lying hopefully not lying but a lot of movements of the body and activity in the mind and comes and it goes and that's it so that's about patience let's look now at these two suttas because they talk about give some concrete examples of kind of benefits that come from being patient if it's not yet clear so first of all a person who is impatient bahuno janasa apyohoti amanapo 
person who's very who's impatient is going to be <coughs> what's the opposite of dear undear uh, disagreeable to upbio up means not not dear to people it will be disagreeable to many people this is what you do find uh, that person is very impatient it's hard to be around that person they're so impatient oh you're so impatient people will scold each other in this way it's hard to have good friends if you're not patient I mean this is and the opposite is of course true is the person who is patient is loved by all and, and is easiest able to be friends I mean this is some of the most rewarding friendships come from listening to each other from being with each being there for each other right a friend doesn't always want advice and and uh, conversation sometimes they just want a uh, patient a patient friend to listen and to be there and to support them An impatient person, Vera Bahulo Jahuti, has much Vera. Vera means enmity, vengeance. Wayne in Thai. Vera. Vera is a word that, at least in Thailand, they focus on the concept of um, this cycle of revenge. When you are in a relationship with someone, that is vengeful when you have a grudge against someone or you're in a rivalry feud a conflict with someone that's what Wayne Vera means and it has sort of spiritual connotations the idea that it's a it's a thing that goes from life to life so if you kill someone in this life you have Wayne they say in Thailand it means in the next life they'll come back and kill you something like that would be anger. So if you meet someone and just you don't just can't hit it off, they call it Wayne. Actually, do they really? Wayne, become me, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne is this idea of vengeance. People get back at you because you have Wayne with them. So this is what happens if you're impatient. You you cultivate conflict. Of course, if you're patient. And even if people get angry at you, even if they hit you, and even if they scold you, and do things, say things behind your back, whatever they do, or say, or think, your patience, your clarity of mind, your objectivity, you see, patience is just such a good word, it keeps you from, from continuing the conflict. Buddha said, It's a worse evil, the one who responds with anger to the one who is angry. The one who responds with anger is worse because they are the ones who. Everyone gets angry, but if we can't be patient with each other, that's how conflict starts. Conflict doesn't start with the first person. If you just see someone getting angry, you just let it go. We, we allow each other to be angry, but if you get angry back, you've done, you've, you've started something, you've created a problem because then it's a cycle. When a per when one person is angry, everyone else should 
make effort to not be angry. Number three, wajjabahulo, blame, much blame. <coughs> um, yes, people blame you or say bad things about you and you know, you'll do many things wrong as well, right? So uh, an impatient person is the one who kills the mosquito. An impatient person is the one who speaks out of turn. An impatient person is the one who steals when they you know, when they can't wait for their turn or they can't wait for to get their own. They can't bear the thought of not having something. The impatient one is the one who kills and hurts and steals and lies and cheats because they're impatient. They do bad things. Us uh, number three. Number four, Samulho Kalankaroti. They die uh, with a bewildered mind, confused mind. They do their time, Kalankaroti. Kalankaroti means they die. It literally means they do their time. Yes, Samulho, which means confused bewildered. If you die confused, you don't know where you're going to go. You just grab onto anything. Because of your impatience, you're not able to ponder, you're not able to consider things rationally. You're not able to see things clearly, you're just quick to react. And so you don't ever get a sense of what's really going on. And so when you die, you're very quick to be reborn in one of the more base, coarse realms of existence. Right, and so that's number five. Gaya sabeda beda parang marna apayang dugating minipatang niriyang upapadjati. Which is just a fancy way of saying when you die, you go to hell. Or you're born in one of the states of loss. Could be as an animal or so on. Well, it's here it says niriya. So it's quite possible that out of impatience, it, it gets so bad that you, when you die, you go to hell. Whereas if you're patient, a patient person, because they don't grasp onto anything, their mind when they die becomes very light. There's very little clinging, right? Because there's a very little clinging, they're very bright and light, and so they go to a bright and light place, which we know of as heaven. That's 2.15. 2.16 is almost the same, just as one difference, I think. Oh, it's a couple of difference. So... The second one is uh, ludo hoti. Person who is impatient is cruel, fierce. It's an awful person. People who are impatient are ones who are who do things, do, do who, hurt, who hurt others, who hurt even the ones they love might hurt out of impatience, right? They say something, and we don't mean it, but we're just impatient. We're not able to maintain our equanimity. We're able to see things without, experience things without reacting. Number three is also different. Number three, vipatisari. They are remorseful. The person who is impatient is remorseful. goes with that. 
we hurt others even though we might love them and then we feel bad about it after. Or we do anything. We might engage in our addictions and feel bad about it after. Vipatisari. Because of our impatience. Because of our inability to have this elusive quality of patience which turns out to just be in its best form anyway, uh, wisdom, freedom from defilement at any rate. The rest of them are the same. So that's the two akantisutta, talking about patience and impatience. That's our Dhamma for tonight. We have at least one question hanging out, hanging on there. You guys can go. Sorry, Monty, I should fix my screen before. It seems to take a long time to load up. Yeah, it freezes, huh? Mine's probably frozen as well, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. Speaking of patience, the, we need patience. In the, the Chakaka Sutta, it talks about the eye and visible forms not being self because they arise and cease. I can see how eye consciousness arises and ceases, but it seems to me my eye arose while I was in the womb and will not likely cease until after I die. And some visible forms say a rock have been around many thousands of years many material objects i won't observe arising and ceasing in my lifetime so how is it possible to see these things as impermanent and not self then and sort of related to this are the eye and internal eye base the same thing you mentioned they were different in a previous answer but i didn't understand that difference i mean it's all just very technical i wouldn't overthink this um it means that at the moment of seeing there is the contact I mean the point is in in Buddhism we don't acknowledge the existence of the eye the eye doesn't exist this this thing here right but uh, seeing does exist what we can experience as being real is seeing so what we're trying to do is describe what's responsible for this experience of seeing and it's clear that to see external objects you require something internal an eye um, but that eye is 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 considered to be the simply the physical 
aspect of the experience which um, which arises and ceases so it, what it means is the experience since the experience arises and ceases in a moment every part of it whether the physical part and the mental part all of them arise and cease in a moment so it's just quite technical and I mean you think it's actually kind of pedantic and you think well why don't we just say the I exists because um, we're only talking about reality from the point of view of experience from the point of view of experience even none of these things really <coughs> practically speaking exist they're just aspects of this one thing that we call an experience of seeing so in the experience of seeing there are, which is momentary there's the physical aspect there is the uh, there is the physical internal aspect there's the physical external aspect and there's the mental aspect and those three coming together uh, are those three arising together are, are the experience of seeing but in a way you could think of it as just just a um, convention because you can also see things uh, you can also see things in in the mind without using the eye without you know, without relying on light so we're just describing hey it appears that certain things are physical right so you see um, you see actual light and it's touching an actual eye but in reality, when you see, there's there's only the experience. We're kind of extrapolating the fact that there's the physical base, the physical eye base. I, so as I said, I wouldn't really overthink this. You're not trying to see that, you're not practically speaking trying to see that each and every one of them individually is impermanent. And we're certainly not talking about this physical eye. The physical eye, as you say, is 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 uh, lasting it's stable so and it that's because it doesn't exist it's not real real is the experience that arises and ceases I would focus more on that so it's just that the, the texts often try to break everything down and they say they take the each aspect and say well each one of them is impermanent but that's not how you experience it you experience it as seeing is impermanent see seeing arises and ceases that's how we practically speaking see it that's my understanding of it. Um, as, and when you talk about physical forms being around for many thousands of years no we're talking about the physical form that is a part of that experience the rock itself doesn't exist not from the point of view of experience not, which is the paradigm that we use in Buddhism as you can see That was all the questions for tonight. That was it. All right. Well then, have a good night, everyone. Thanks, Robin, for your help. Thank you, Bhante. Good night. Good night. <laughs>